Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to episode three of Real Life Ghost Stories. Hello, I'm also here. Yay! As always, we're going to start this week with apologies. And our first apology goes to our Twitter friend Starfleet Foxes again. The Exorcist was actually released in 1975, so I completely exaggerated and made it up when I said that it was was banned for 50 years in Ireland. (laughs) Classic Emma exaggerating shit. Our other apology is that, weirdly, last week's podcast became a Christian podcast. Yeah, which was never the actual intention, but obviously we were speaking about something that was on that topic, and uh, it did sound a little bit like we were proselytizing, look at that big word, uh, when we played it back. We weren't, that wasn't the intention, we were just letting you know what we were thinking, really. I think we just got a bit carried away with the conversation, didn't we? We did. Yeah, which is probably a good thing, really. Review of the week. Bum, bum, bum! Are you ready? Yep. I chose the review this week, and my review of the week is the Brohio podcast. Ah, what an amazing podcast. Yes! So good. Yeah, I'm following your lead. Okay, so I'm going to start on this one. I started listening to Brohio because of you. Yeah, I was the original listener. And just, just for note. When I started listening to the Brohio podcast, I was horrified because I thought they were vile. <laughs> and I thought it was absolutely disgusting. And then I realised that actually they're two, well, they seem to be two really nice guys who are just having the crack in their basement talking about lots of different stuff. So they talk about conspiracy theories, they talk about paranormal stuff, they talk about true crime, and they are vulgar and hilarious. Yeah, and I think the thing that's great about them is they are unashamedly themselves. Yeah. They're literally doing it for themselves is the kind of thing that they'd want to listen to and it's that kind of humor and um, they've got some really good reoccurring characters i tend to prefer the sort of more paranormally alien ones whereas you're probably more true crime so that caters to everybody a little bit doesn't it yeah i like the true crime murder stuff like my one of my favorite episodes was the massacre in the grocery store and i ended up being really angry and shouting at the podcast oh that actually was a really interesting episode yeah, having just episode. said i tend to prefer the paranormal yeah. ones that one was really good Weiss supermarket wasn't it something like that why supermarket master. yeah and nick and rob are their names and they just seem like really nice guys nicolicious and rob dog yeah technically the delicious nicolicious and rob dog and they have a facebook group called but sugars anonymous so that's going to highlight the kind of level of vulgarity we're talking i actually had to leave the facebook group i joined it for about a day and i was scrolling through facebook in work and i realized that if anyone saw the shit that those people posted on <laughs> but sugars anonymous on my timeline that i would potentially get fired or arrested so i had to leave the facebook group but their podcast is really good would definitely recommend if you just want to not take life very seriously yeah and it is it is just 
it's called bro hio not no hio so it's like that gives you the emphasis of where it's going they are just two bros chatting about stuff but they do do their research most of the time sometimes their wives do it for them um but they do do the research most of the time and it's really well informed and it's just hilarious to listen to but just don't listen to it if you've got any pretensions it's not worth your time but it is really funny it is i thoroughly enjoyed and you'll get the pleasure of meeting bill wilkins as well who who died in his own shit You just said you had something to tell me. So just just to clarify, Dan generally doesn't know what's going to happen on the podcast before we do it. So everything is is a surprise for him. But he's just told me before we came on that I that he has something to tell me. Surprise! Yeah, are you pregnant? No, it's not. It's not that exciting actually. I think this is probably going to backfire horrendously as as me trying to do something original, which is never good. But basically, what I wanted to say was happy Sam Hain. I know that you obviously explained last week that that's not how you pronounce it. But actually, I just wanted to inform you that you are the one that's been wrong all this time. <gasps> because the 31st of October, he's obviously Samhain, which is Celtic. Samhain. Celtic. Samhain, which is Celtic. Celtic, not Celtic. Celtic is a football team. team. <laughs> yep. uh, <laughs> which is Celtic. But it also happens to be Samhain, which is the um, memorial of the death of the third Earl of Gloucester, whose name was Samuel Hainsborough. Shut the front door. Got killed by a wild boar on a hunting expedition in 1645. So you were also wrong. It's not very often that I'm speechless. Yeah, that's also not true. <laughs> I made that up entirely. I can't believe it. Oh my god, you're such a dick. <laughs> you were way more trusting than I thought you'd be on that. I, I was like... fully on board with that. I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe I never knew that. <laughs> now I look like an absolute twat. So do I. Though, I fair. hate you so much. <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today's topic, which I'm super excited about. I've been telling everybody all week about how we're doing this topic this week. Most people looked at me like I was mental because nobody knows what this is. And I promise you that this podcast is not just going to be about Irish lore, but we have our first listener submission today, which I'm really excited about. And our topic today is the Banshee. Ooh, Dan's looking at me blankly. What do you know about the Banshee? Okay, so I know that it's not the same as a harpy. No. We've had this argument all week about yeah. harpies. And harpies are something completely different. And, and they apparently are they're not sea creatures, which ladies. I thought they were. No, but they, they hang out in the rocks and the sea to uh, sailors. They're a bit like sirens with wings. Maybe that's how I got confused. Um, the other things I know about Banshee is that I believe it was the name of a band, Sushi Sue and the Banshees in the 80s, which were a punk band. And also, I know it from the common phrase of wailing like a banshee 
to talk about a woman with a high-pitched voice or a man with a high-pitched voice that just goes on incessantly. Is that a phrase that's used in the English vernacular? Yeah. Wailing like a banshee? Yeah, maybe in like an old timely... Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's something my nan says quite a bit. I suppose your nan would be of the generation. Yeah. Shout out to Eileen if she's listening. Definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the lore of the banshee, first of all. Can I just clarify that's L-O-R-E, yeah. Yeah, not law, L-A-W. The banshee is a Celtic legend of a harb... I can never say that word. Harbinger. Harbinger. Harbinger of death. She is connected to ancient Irish families and warns them of the death of a family member. She does this by wailing and crying in the night. This cry is said to be long, piercing and continuous, distinctly lacking in any human pitch or quality. Imagine lying in bed at night and hearing that. That's crazy. (gasps) Get out. Her cry is said to be so loud that it can break glass. She has flowing white hair that she combs while she is crying, much like she's pulling her hair out in anguish. She is said to sometimes appear as a raven that warns of death by knocking three times. The Banshee is said to have her roots in the ancient Celtic goddess of war, Morrigan. Morrigan was the goddess of war, violence, death and foresight, among other things that I couldn't be bothered to write down. She's the goddess of loads of stuff. And wailed the death of warriors on the battlefield. She's also said to transform into a raven and circle the battlefield, crying her encouragement to the soldiers below. Isn't Morgan such a cool name? Morgan's an awesome name. I know, isn't it? If is I it like, have it's a kid. like Corrigan, but with an M. Somewhere along the line, the story of Morgan, fairy legends of Ireland, and professional keeners seem to have combined to create the legend of the banshee that we know today. So professional keeners were women that were literally this was a real profession they were paid to wail and cry and sing at irish funerals but they were paid in alcohol for their performances and some women were like really respected keeners so they would wail and cry really well at a funeral and the word keen comes from the irish word queena which is to cry and eventually the catholic church banned this practice Generally, they ban everything that's good crack in Ireland. It also brings a different perspective to Roy Keane, the footballer, doesn't he? As a hard man, but his surname is to cry. His surname is all about wailing. Mm. The women were banished, perpetuating the myth of the old, mad, drunk, wailing woman. So I think... So when I was researching this during the week, there was all these stories about the Banshee and where she came from. And Morrigan came up all the time. And the Keeners came up all the time. The women who wailed the death of Irish um, people at funerals. And the word banshee is an anglicised version of banshee, which is two separate words, and it's the Irish for fairy woman, but she's not considered to be a true fairy. Sometimes a banshee will perch on a windowsill like a bird. Ah, harpy link. Where she'll remain for several hours or even days until death comes to call. Often, as the banshee escapes into the darkness, witnesses have described a bird-like fluttering sound. Thus, many believe that banshees are bird-like creatures. So she was considered and is considered to be a tiny little frail old woman with really long white hair that she combs and wails and cries when the member of a certain family is about to die. Not It's not always in legends that she perches on a windowsill, but she's quite regularly described as being bird-like, so she perches rather than stands. 
Yeah, that's quite a creepy image in itself, isn't it? Because she's not described as having bird features, is she? She doesn't have like claws and talons no, no. and stuff like that. She's a woman who so acts like think a bird. About, yeah, so if you think about a woman and her haunches, it's quite a scary thing anyway, isn't it? Yeah, little old, frail, hideous yeah. woman who is hunkered down in her windowsill, wailing and crying. She must be quite little as well. Apparently she is quite little, yeah. but what are your thoughts so far? So much. I think it's like the thought of... The the kind of wailing that goes on is actually terrifying. But for me, being English, I haven't got a very good reference point because our funerals tend to be very civil and reserved and mm. restrained. And you don't really see the, the silent kind of anguish wailing that I'd imagine goes on from professional keeners. So it's quite hard to get that, that sort of image into your head. But I guess if you've ever seen any footage of... of someone that's just lost someone in in dramatic dramatic in tragic circumstances then you get and you've heard that like uncontrolled wailing or even uncontrolled sobbing there's quite a a horrifying thought so to be able to hear that in the middle of the night is probably quite a terrifying thing and it goes on longer than a human wail would i'd imagine do you think that it's true do you think that she's real or do you think that she is just the stuff of legend i could see how she was generated so if you're saying that the professional keeners often the bad professional keeners sort of got cast out of society. No, it was all of them. All of them. It okay. doesn't happen anymore because the Catholic Church came along and banned it purely because it was women that were being paid in alcohol more so than anything else. But these women then were banished and kind of wandered as alcoholic women who were famed for wailing and crying at funerals. Yeah, so you could almost see how that might have happened, how the legend might have happened by coincidence. If you've got a load of women that are very well trained at wailing, uh, with intensity because that's been their living for so many years and they're just wandering in the darkness drunk it's bound to have been sometimes when one of these drunk excommunicated i don't know if that's the right word keeners happened to be wailing down the street and then the next day someone that lived on that street's relative died and you could see how that connection could have been made from reality so what if i told you i had two modern stories of the banshee i'd say look at the hairs on my arm but as you can't <laughs> Yeah, it's creepy, creepy, creepy. So when I was researching this, I went online, obviously, and I posted, first of all, in a group on Facebook that is predominantly made up of Irish women. And I posted in the group saying, does anybody believe in the Banshee? Or is it just a fairy story? Or does anybody have any experience with her? The first comment I got was, the Banshee isn't real. It's just a fairy story, just like the Leprechaun. I didn't realise anyone ever believed in it. Did you get any comments like your nan says about fairies? Oh, I don't believe in them, but I won't mess with them. The second comment just said, (laughs) oh, she's real. And I had multiple comments on that thread about people who were very open about having experienced her. I had one woman who said when she was 17, she was in the Gaeltacht. And the Gaeltacht is a camp that Irish children go to. They go to Irish-speaking regions to improve their Irish-speaking skills. And she was at the Gale Talked. She was woken up in the night by this horrific blood curdling wailing outside the window that went on and on and on. And the next morning, the ban on tea, which is the woman of the house, allowed her to ring home. The girl's best friend had died. A couple of years later, she was woken up again by this wailing. And she immediately was like, something's wrong. Something's going to happen. And her dad died that night. So, this is not somebody I know. This is not somebody I'm friends with. This is just somebody who was online. So, she could have easily made it up. I'm not saying it's true. But what I'm saying is... Like um, Sam Hain. 
like Sam Hain, you're an absolute dick. <laughs> but what I'm saying is lots of people responded positively as in they were like, no, she is real. My family have seen her or my uncle has seen her or whatever. There was one story that a woman told about her uncle saw the banshee as well as hearing her, which is very unusual. What did they say? What does that look like? Like She was it? an old wizened little woman who was combing her hair and wailing and keening and he saw her and when he got home his hair had gone grey. I know, how cool is that? That's Even cool. as a story, that's cool. That is cool. But that apparently is one of the one of the ancient legends is that if you see her, your hair will automatically go grey. It's quite interesting. There's almost grounding for that as well to be able to explain it away in that sometimes that getting a patch of or your hair going grey is an indication of shock. So if you saw something that you weren't expecting, you could almost explain that away. But the next day seems a little bit quick. Uh, yeah, it does. But there's a, there's a lot about the Banshee. I know you're saving a bigger story for me. Which I have two bigger stories for Okay, you. so, but there's a lot about the Banshee that you can kind of see where it all comes from. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, the ancient Celtic goddess Morrigan is where I believe it all came from. And she was really bloody and violent and was always there at times of death. And then professional keeners were completely separate to that. And as with a lot of things in folklore and legend, it's almost like a bastardised version of all of those things was created and therefore the banshee was born. However, I do have two stories. (laughs) The first one... That wasn't a banshee, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, that was Dan's impression of a banshee. The first one, full disclosure, is not somebody I know, but I just loved the story. Okay. It's reported to be a true story. It comes from a girl called Emily, who lives in the west of Ireland. So remember when we went to the west of Ireland and it was all remote and barren? Yep. Pretty much the same place that we went to is where this story comes from. We didn't see any banshees though, did we? No, we did not. I've had quite an experience here in Ireland with what I believe to be a banshee. They are a typical folk monster here and I personally thought them to be legends and old stories. But last Tuesday I had an encounter that can only be explained by that. If you guys don't know what a banshee is, to roughly explain it, they are creatures, spirits that are assigned to families. Some people view them as good, some people view them as bad. They are said to be heard crying and screaming when someone in your family is about to die as a form of mourning. I live in a small farmhouse in a pretty rural area of Ireland, which isn't saying much as most of Ireland is rural anyway. Eh, I beg to differ. I heard what sounded at first like a screaming sound that cats make when they have a standoff, but it slowly started to transform into a constant ringing scream coming from the distance. It was coming from a field next to me which is locally nicknamed the Far Bog as it is just that, a bog or a marsh that is far away from anything in particular. I panicked and thought that somebody had gotten stuck in the bog which is actually a common way of death here sadly so I called the guards, which is the Irish equivalent of the police, and ran outside to try and find her. When I got to the bog I saw a woman standing upright on a stone wall that borders the bog. She had her head tilted upwards and was screaming so loudly that it actually caused me physical pain. She appeared to be wearing a flowing dress of some sort. This freaked me out as I presumed it was some drugged up or drunk person and I ran back inside and waited for the guards to come. A single patrol car came a few minutes later but the screaming had stopped by then. I explained to them exactly what had happened and they were the first people to mention the possibility that it was a banshee. This was the police. Yeah, see, that goes into what we were talking about last time, wasn't it? About how there's that sort of spirituality side to the Irish culture, where it's just something that a policeman might allure to. 
they mentioned that this sort of call happens every few years. They officially wrote it down as a drunken disorderly person on private property who left, but then told me to call all of my immediate family to make sure that everything was okay, as they both believed it was a banshee. I did just that and sadly found out that my mother had passed away in her sleep that night. The funeral was a few days ago, and since then I have been transfixed by the story of the Banshee, and have looked up as much information as I can. In the progress, I came across your paranormal site. I thought that you guys might be at least slightly interested in my story. You can email me at any time if you ever want any more information. And along with this story, this girl had added photos of exactly where she had seen it, the distance between where she had seen it and her house and where the banshee was standing looking over her house and the whole lot and it is very remote and that story really freaked me out yeah i've got like full body tingles going on at the moment so i'm either being touched by something or uh, (laughs) (laughs) or i'm a bit freaked out by that but the visuals of like the way she described the woman standing on the wall and like the remoteness of it you can almost see it as like a a, sort of a gothic image can't you really of this woman there's a difference between a scream, scream, a scream, and a wail, though, isn't there? I wonder if that what well, that's got like how people interpret it. Well, depends on you, what they've heard, maybe their experiences and stuff. If you think about um, foxes, so have you ever heard of vixen when they're in heat? When foxes, yes. When foxes cry, it, it is quite terrifying. They have a really sharp, high-pitched scream that sounds like a woman in distress. Or a child. I always seem to think it sounds like a, a small child, like a baby or something like that. That's weird. I don't There's like that. that either. I don't like yeah. that sound. So you can see how a lot of people believe that Banshee lore comes from people hearing vixens or baby foxes or animals being hunted. Like if you hear a hare being murdered and uh, being murdered <laughs> by the great hare serial killer. Murder. Ted Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was bad. Nailed it. Yeah, so if you hear animals being attacked often, they make weird, high-pitched scream, screaming sounds. But it's not prolonged, though. That's the thing. Like Even mm. with even Vixens and Heat doesn't go on forever. And all these stories... All, well, all the stories, all the two that you've just told me, and the law that you, the research you've done seem to say that it was pro, like it's prolonged, like it goes on for an un, unnatural amount of time, which then lends itself to being not normal. <laughs> but it's the seeing... If that, with that story, it's the seeing, the actual seeing of the woman on the wall. Yeah, actually like most, seeing her. Most drunk people, most drunk people that I know would not have the facilities to be able to climb and stand on the wall for a long period of time and scream about falling off. Yes, very true. I wouldn't be able to do it in general, drunk or not. Yeah, that is true. There's a, something else that I told you earlier on in this episode. So I said that she appears with a scream or a wail. Hmm. Yep. But she also does something else. Do you remember what it was? She knocks three times. Knocks three times. Yeah, but that's quite a common in... Yeah, I, I was going to talk about that later, but yeah. There is a lore that goes with her that she can turn into a raven. There's also lore that she can turn into a weasel or a stoat or a hare. And they were all animals that were associated with witchcraft in Ireland. The Three Knocks is what our next story is about. This comes from the lovely Tasha. Yep. And she wrote this story down for me. And we've spoken about it before and we spoke about it again yesterday. Tasha's story have the three, or Tasha's family rather, have the Three Knocks attached to them and i'm going to read her story in her words i've not edited this i've not exaggerated this remotely okay anytime there is a death close to the family about two or three days beforehand we experience three knocks on a door or a window there is no one there the three knocks are strange they are very loud 
however they are hollow at the same time. The lore behind it is that the Banshee warns people in the family of an upcoming death close to the family. Some argue that the Banshee sends a crow or a raven to warn the family, however I have never seen one. The Banshee is said to follow old Irish families, so I believe that it comes from my mother's side. However, I have heard it when I have been away from my family while I was in college, so it would seem that it follows the children too. The first time I heard it, I was seven, sitting on the landing when I was meant to be in bed. If you hung upside down off the landing in my house, you could see the television. While I was watching, there were three loud knocks on the window over my shoulder. I was upstairs in the house. I ran downstairs and told my parents. They checked outside and there was no one. Two days later, my dad's friend died suddenly of a heart attack. It wasn't until years later that I found out about the three knocks. Anytime we heard it, I was always around my mam, so therefore I assumed it just followed her. When I was living in Dublin in college, I lived on the bottom floor and it was people's habit to knock on my window. One evening I was alone in the apartment when I got three knocks. I knew straight away what it was, but checked outside just in case. I didn't, this is my favourite line, I'm sorry Tasha, but this absolutely cracked me up. I didn't think the Banshee worked in Dublin, (laughs) (laughs) as many there don't believe in her. Obviously there was nobody there. I rang home to check and found out that my granny's sister was very sick in hospital. She died a few days later. When I rang home, they had also received the three knocks at the exact same time. We heard the three knocks in the front door when my granddad's brother was sick on St. Stephen's Day, which is Boxing Day. We were all in the house and knew straight away what it was. The knocks are so hard to describe. They are loud and they are hollow. When my granddad was dying, we all received the three knocks at different times. The Monday before he died, the grandchildren all stayed with him that night to give our parents a break. And my brother went upstairs to a room that we all say is haunted by the spirit of my granny's uncle. The room is always freezing and you can still smell the smoke from his pipe at times. We tried to get some sleep. However, after half an hour, my brother ran down the stairs terrified. He had gotten into bed and had turned facing the wall when the three knocks came from inside the wall. Inside the house. This was unusual as the knocks had never come from inside the house before. The three knocks is scary at first when you hear it. However, it is not after that. You know straight away what it is. It's almost a comfort or a friendly warning to prepare you for death. And that's it. I mean, it's terrifying for so many reasons. Like because there's because anything that's unexplainable and is clearly not normal like the brother hearing something inside the wall would freak me out anyway um even if it wasn't a knock because my mind would go to rats and then yeah and that'd be it i'd be in a ball on the floor crying but there's something there is something quite i tend to agree with like the way tasha's on the office there's something quite comforting about it it's almost like it's um unexpected death is hard to deal with i think for anybody for anybody it's almost like as it always is there seems to be a pattern with tasha's story and it comes a few days before the person in question dies yeah so that is the what the banshee is never really portrayed as an evil entity she's not somebody that can hurt you 
and she's not somebody who is there to hurt you. She generally comes to families a couple of days before and it is that it's a forewarning. It's letting you know that this is going to happen or some people say that she's mourning the death that she knows is going to happen. Hmm. It's not really about frightening the family or it's not meant to be about posing any threat to the family but she is there as a forewarning. Yeah, I guess if you think about it in terms of as we were talking about earlier, or as I was talking about earlier, when you said when I said about making the link between the keeners, they're being cast out of society. If you think about what they were there for originally, they were always invited by the family, weren't they? Yeah. They were paid by the family, and so it's almost like a continuation of that tradition, and that she is wailing on your behalf. Yeah, it's a really interesting story. It's quite like it's creepy, but it's not. I don't know whether it is scary. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like a there's an like there's an assurity to it. Like the knocks are creepy. The knocks yeah. are scary. Is the seeing seeing a woman on your wall is scary, or perched on your windowsill would terrify me for life. I think I did read a story um, from a man who went, who was out and saw a tiny little woman perched on a windowsill and thought it was a child and went to say to the child like where you where your parents where you meant to be and when he got there it was a tiny old woman perched on a windowsill who Ugh. who legged it with an unnatural speed and it terrified him yeah like terrified him he wasn't he couldn't cope with it at all there's lots of interesting things to raise from it though is it one banshee or several banshees apparently according to legend there are 25 all right okay and there's one for each traditional Irish one queen as it were one who rules them all and i can't remember her name but there's one one banshee who rules them all like the one ring to rule them all (laughs) yes I uh, know it's it's just yeah it's a really interesting thing that you have your your own fam familial banshee but clearly it's like it follows some families but then they, it can intervene on other instances for different things like um, what do you mean well like because that one that that girl was the first time she'd heard of it didn't she she didn't say that there was like and she didn't say anything about the family having one it was just the one not not Tasha the other girl Emily yeah she just said that it was this one time that it happened it's interesting in that sense it, it, it can also be because i read loads of stories as well about how children often don't hear her there were stories about families who parents were woken up in the night thinking it was the children screaming going into the children the children are sound asleep and there's all this wailing going on outside the house there was a story about a and this was a recent story in the last couple of years about a boyfriend and girlfriend who were woken up by this vile wailing got up, panicked, went to the window and there was an old woman at the window. Hideous woman combing her hair and screaming, staring through the window. Yeah. They were also on the second floor. But it makes a lot of sense though that some children don't hear it because if you think about dealing with death, actually sometimes it's for small children, it's it's better to just deal with it in the moment, I think. Mm. Uh, and it also it gives the chance, if the parents believe in it, it gives the parents time to prepare how they're going to deal with it in terms of the children as well, doesn't it? Without having to explain something very complex in that there's this old lady that tells us. Yeah, and it used to be like when we were children, it was a story that was terrifying. And and there's loads of Irish lore about how if you find a comb, you should never pick it up because it's hers and she'll come for you to get it back. And I was talking to my family about this yesterday and I text them and they're all laughing at me for even suggesting that there was a possibility that she was real. But then my mum text, Fountain of All Knowledge, and said that, oh yeah, she was a little old woman who used to perch on her windowsill. Plenty of unexplained combs were found. It's just a very specific thing, isn't it? A comb. Yeah. And if isn't you found there a it, castle? Didn't you tell me about a castle full of combs at some point? I possibly did. So there was um, an old ruin just outside the town where I grew up. And it was full of combs. Yeah, that's that's freaky as well. But obviously as children, you're like, definitely a banshee. 
Yeah. No other explanation. It is a banshee. That's There's not it. many other explanations, though, to be fair, is there? Like, why there would be loads of combs in an ancient ruin. Like, what other... What other I'm, I'm intrigued to think what other explanations you might have to put on that. Practical joke? To be fair, if I was a practical joke, I would give them a round of applause, because that is a lot of effort to go to. That is an awful lot of effort. <laughs> and, I mean, that has borne years of children yeah. being terrified of that ruin. Yep. I remember thinking I heard her when I was a child. And when I... When I wasn't really little, I was about 12 or 13, and I was staying with my nana... And you know that my mum's house is quite rural. Yeah, very rural. And I woke well, up, and obviously I don't have an old Irish name. Yeah. Because my family are, like, my dad is English and my mum is Irish. So I don't have an old Irish name. We don't have any sort of attachment with the Banshee in our family. And I remember waking up in my nana's house and waking up terrified and not knowing why. And then realising that I could hear this sound, and it was a wail, a really continuous high-pitched wail that just went on and on and on what i remember about it and it could have been a dream it could have been could have been anything but what i remember is that it never stopped for breath yeah that's what i was saying about it being Mm. unnaturally long almost and the dogs in the vicinity i remember dogs barking and going mental and it was just a very strange thing i imagine it was a vixen sometimes um barn owls make horrifically bizarre noises as well so it just depends doesn't it it depends on what you believe but as a child i was like well it's the banshee but all of those things need to breathe at some point so being able to sustain even if you think about a wolf howl they can't sustain it forever can they that's true they have to break it and breathe back in and but when you're a child and you're frightened forever can be a minute absolutely but i think there's i'm struggling with this one why well because i think it's probably true because i like to believe all this kind of stuff but there's so much more that it could be it's true. And it's very it's got it's very well rooted in things, isn't it? So you said like all the things that it can transform into are linked to witchcraft. You've got the keeners that were cast out and tended to be older women. Yep. Who were drunk. So would you know, you move in weird ways when you're drunk, don't you? Um, who are were trained in whaling and potentially were whaling and probably experienced to be fair. Those professional keeners, even though they were getting paid, probably actually experienced a fair amount of sadness in their lifetime. So it was quite possible that they were sad. You got the 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 combing of the hair, like the combs is a bit odd, but the combing of the hair, it's one of those things, isn't it? When it, when historical mourning talks about tearing your clothes or pulling or your pulling hair your out, hair out that yeah, sort of anguish, that physical, um, it's a physical manifestation of your pain, isn't it? Yeah, so it, that sort of links in with it as well. Could just be like we don't really know the extent to how our senses work, do we? Like, so we don't really have a full understanding of our brain, and there, so there could be sort of an element of premonition. And it's how that premonition manifests itself. I'm not actually trying to explain it away because I think there's probably, a, but there's 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 lots of arguments that you could put to it. So it could be how you, how you pre- like you get a sense that some some things coming sometimes, don't you, without really realizing why you've. Oh yeah, like remember there was an earthquake here. Yeah, there was an earthquake in in Kent like four or five years ago. Yeah, and I woke up in the middle of the night and I had no idea why I woke up and I literally woke up and was like something was wrong. Something is wrong. Something's not. Something's not okay. And then the earthquake happened. All the animals went mental. Like birds, dogs, everything. And it was like I think it happened like four o'clock in the morning. But my my body had told me that something wasn't right. So I wonder if it's the same thing because I actually I don't believe in her. Okay. I don't believe in her at all. I think she is an amazing piece of folklore. And she exists as well in Scottish and Welsh folklore. They have the they have different names for her, but yeah. she still exists. And I think she's the combination of the Celtic goddess of war and Keeners. And I think there is something so 
terrifying for humans about sudden death, about losing somebody and yeah. not being prepared for it. That at some point along the way, maybe somebody heard a vixen or heard an owl, a family member died the next morning and yeah. they linked the two things together and it became this legend. Or it could just be that they saw one of these, expel- like I said, one of yeah. these expelled keeners walking down the street wailing and then yeah. it just so happened that someone on that street lost someone and then you've got a legend there born and, and done, haven't you? But what about the knocking then? What do you think of it? Well, it's very consistent, isn't it? Yeah, like when Tasha talks about it, it is just a part of her life. She's not sensationalist about it. Tasha, as you know, has a very good job and is very well educated. Doesn't seek out these things. She's not like you and me where she'll sit and watch stuff about the paranormal. She has no interest in it. But this is just a part of her life. Yeah. It's just something that's always been there. And I remember, because I lived in the same house as her in uni, when she had the three knocks on the door when or on the window when we were in uni. And I can remember that happening. And I remember her the next morning saying that her um, her aunt had taken Rini ill and that she'd gotten the three knocks the night before and that she knew her aunt was going to die. Mm. Hard to explain, I think, beyond sort of like not having a record, not having an understanding of how premonitions work and stuff like that. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's so consistent and across different family members with Tasha's story, though, that's the thing. Oh, they all, they've all heard it. Yeah. And her dad has heard her scream. Yeah. Her dad has heard her crying. 25 professional keeners expelled, died on the moors. There are no moors in Ireland. Died in the bogs. Thank you, better. <laughs> <laughs> and then each one of them attached themselves to a family that they keened for at some point in their history. Their spirits go around doing the job that they were supposed to do in life, but weren't allowed to. And so they do it in death. I don't know, I just think it's all legend that people have hold, held on to, to be honest. That was a good backstory, though. It was a great backstory. Okay. I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the dramaticism that went into it. I've been watching it going, is he going to start talking properly again? Or are we stuck like this? <laughs> no, it's forever. Yeah, it's really, oh, it is really cr- Like I got proper chills when you're reading Tasha's story out. Because, like, you know how I like a bit of demonology. It's the three knocks and things like that. But it's not, there's no sinister, it's not sinister. No, no, she doesn't see like, it as sinister not, at all. it's not, though, is it? Even no. if you look at what it... I mean, it's 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 sad. It's yeah. dark, but it's not sinister, is it? Because it's just it's it's death is a, is a reality, and actually, it's just giving us giving you a heads up, giving them the tools to deal with it. Actually, and if you know it's coming, you have time to prepare for it better, don't you? But it's still it's still creepy. And I think we're going to leave it there for this week. So, what do you think? Is she real or not? Yeah, I'm going real. I always go real with that. Even if she was real, you're never going to have any experience of her no, with my family because. We're not purebred Irish. But what I might do is the next time we're in the west of Ireland, just go wander around the bogs until I see one. Wouldn't recommend it. No? Okay. No, I wouldn't recommend it. Because you can die in bogs, you know. Yeah. Like in that girl's story where she was like, people die in the bog all the time. They do. Is it like in uh, Lord of the Rings where there's dead bodies pulling you in? Yeah, that's uh-huh. exactly what it is. It's exactly what it's like. So thank you for listening. If you have any experience of the Banshee, if there's any Irish people out there who have a Banshee attached to their family, then get in contact with us. You can contact us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can contact us on Twitter at realghostpod. And you can find us on Instagram at realghoststories, I think is what our handle is on instagram i have no idea the only one i know is twitter yeah dan doesn't do any of this so he doesn't know any of it but we shall talk to you next week even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 